Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode covers in the present. So what does that mean? The beginning of part eight, we begin where we were in all of these other episodes. Uh, sometime in 2016, it seems, where these characters are moving around as something the viewers were supposed to recognize as the present. And uh, so in this case, we're going to mostly talk about Mr. C and also a little bit about that roadhouse scene at the uh, in, in Twin Peaks. And then tomorrow, we're going to move into the past material, which is a lot of stuff. That's going to be a much longer podcast than this one. One housekeeping note, I did adjust previous Lost in Twin Peaks episodes recently. In fact, uh, last night, I went back and added some more discussion of returning storylines from the original series, because I realized there were a lot of little threads poking up that I hadn't really addressed, things like Laura's murder or the Palmer family or... Bobby's relationship with Laura kind of popping up in these other earlier episodes, even though they don't really become full storylines again, they are resurrected. I thought that was worth mentioning. So I went back and added those into either the B or C episodes, either the Sunday or Monday uh, episodes uh, covering Twin Peaks scenes or out of the town scenes where, where appropriate, where I'd already been discussing a returning storyline or two, because I did have a few in there, but I realized there was a lot more I could talk about. So some later additions to these uh, episodes. You can check those out and check out the illustrated companions for those earlier podcasts, too, if you just want to see the list of what comes back. And, of course, as with yesterday, my guests, uh, Em and Steve, joined me to talk about this. So, unusually for the Lost in Twin Peaks format, uh, there's three of us to discuss the subject. Let's get into the different story sections. First off is New York. There's nothing in this episode about it. As far as the FBI in South Dakota, that's a story section we usually address every week, but once again, nothing for that. There's, <laughs> the only thing that, that at all touches on that is uh, Ray's conversation with, or his, his voicemail for uh, Jeffries. I do like to observe when a story hasn't been featured for four or more episodes, it's kind of considered disappeared at that point. And this could apply to the Denise story, specifically Denise's transition featured in season two, her personal uh, backstory that then comes back in part four, but hasn't been seen since. So for now, we can put that on the sort of the backlog of stories. Mr. C. That's the one part of the Twin Peaks narrative, the ongoing narrative that we do get in this episode. We have Mr. C and Ray in their getaway car leaving from prison. Mr. C says there's, I think he says there's three tracking devices yes. and he like disables them with his phone. with <laughs> like very Lynchian technology, I guess. With so much ease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just presses a few buttons and throws his phone out the window and it's like, there you go. He just like swipes left and then exactly. they attach to the truck ahead of them. It looked uh, to me like he was typing in the license plate number of the truck. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but but yeah. like, how? What what kind of app is this? <laughs> I, I mean, I love how there's never any explanation or even like logical thought of how this would work. It's just it's almost just like uh, it's kind of like a seventy year old boomer's idea of like how technology works. <laughs> <laughs> not that not that I'm like that much more technologically savvy. I think there's a lack of care of finding out how it works too. It's just preferring to do an artistic take instead. Yeah, which I love. So maybe this is just um a tongue-in-cheek way to handle the fact that we as the audience needed to know that this car was being followed, that they didn't yeah. get let out of this prison so easily. There were yeah. strings attached and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And then the resolution of that is to just have this throwaway bit that almost just, you know, 
makes you laugh. To finish the description of that part, uh, Ray apologizes for, for running away. He asks Mr. C where Dari is, and he says, oh, she's at the farm. And Ray tells uh, Mr. C that he has the coordinates, but he starts to kind of, he gets a little crafty with it. He's like, oh, well, maybe, it, you know, maybe I want, uh, maybe it's going to cost you something to get it. So they pull off the road. They go down a side road. Uh, Ray's going to the bathroom. Mr. C pulls a gun on him. And of course, Ray has fixed the gun or the warden, I guess, whoever put the car, the gun in the car has fixed it so that it won't fire. And Ray shoots him. And it seems like, wow, Mr. C or, you know, the bat, the evil Cooper has been killed. What's going on? And then, of course, the woodsmen come out and they they pull out Bob and all of that stuff. And Ray, Ray flees at a certain point and he calls Jeffries or, as he says on the phone, Philip. And I don't I don't think he's talking about Philip Gerard. You know, no. Who knows? <laughs> but he says that uh, Cooper might have died. He might not have. But uh, he'll Cooper will catch up with him at the farm where he's going. Well, he says where he's going, which we know is the, is the farm. And, uh, then we, at the end of all this, we see Mr. C waking up and alive again. It occurs to me that Jeffries of all people or all things or whatever you want to <laughs> classify him as should yeah. know that it's going to take more than a couple of bullets from a regular gun to do in this, uh, black lodge doppelganger. Yeah. So I, I'm not really sure why they didn't, you know, try to equip him with something more or something better. I do remember at the time feeling kind of shocked and like, wait, is, is he actually dead? Like, is this it for the evil? Like, wow, what a twist. And of course it's worth taking a step back and looking at the way the episode itself is actually, actually flows. And the first part where they're driving through the night is probably the most normal part of the episode. And yet it still feels off and weird. It reminds me of later, uh, Carrie and Cooper driving through, you know, the highway at night Mm -hmm. in part 18 for much longer, but it has that same kind of vibe to it. So we're already starting off in a weird place. And then we go into this, you know, a little drama. There's a little bit of sort of quasi exposition, weird atmosphere. And then he shoots Cooper. So we're like five minutes into the episode and it's already seems like this huge twist. And then the woodsman come and I was like, okay, wow, this is going to be this is going to be a really memorable episode. And that was like, like I said, like five or 10 minutes in, no Nine Inch Nails, no atomic explosion, no anything yet. But already it kind of sets the tone. Were you pretty confident that he was going to be resurrected like right away? I don't think I was at first. No. I can't remember if we were speculating at the time or not as to whether (laughs) like uh, Mr. C had to, uh, eventually, I don't know if the story told us this or we had come to it on our own, but we, the idea that Mr. C had to um, be dead before the real Cooper could come back. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure when right. that came into play, when we knew it or when we speculated about it. So, but I was thinking, Part two, I think, I think I thought when he would sit up, like his eyes would no longer be that deep black and, mm. and Dougie would have inhabited his body and it would be the, the full, Agent Dale uh, Cooper yeah. that we once knew, and and it wasn't that. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe that was it. We were thinking that once the like C died, then the body could be used. Like there wasn't a third body that was going to come from somewhere, or a, well, there really wasn't anyway. But yeah, we thought that it would just be a re-inhabiting of his spirit. I think is what we were going yeah. on. So we were kind of hoping that when he sat up, it would be Agent Dale Cooper. Well, speaking of Dougie, I guess for the next story section is Las Vegas and. This is that rare episode where there's absolutely nothing of Vegas either. So moving <laughs> along, let's go on to the next section, which is Twin Peaks. 
This week we get very little inside Twin Peaks. Uh, usually the predominant plot, or at least something we touch on in every episode, is the Cooper investigation that the Sheriff's Department is conducting. We don't see any of that in this episode. The one thing we do see is the Roadhouse. We have uh, an MC announcing the Nine Inch Nails. For some reason they get an extra article. And they sing She's Gone Away. It's like a full performance where, uh, unlike some of the other performances, we don't enter in at a certain point and then you know cut away when there's still a minute or two left i think they perform the entire song front to end yeah so one thing to note about this is it's the first time on the show that we see the mc uh, and it makes the musical act feel really important it's like wow this must be a big event this must be like a concert at the roadhouse Um, and and the way it's shot and cut i think feels more like a music video in some ways than any of the other performances like it's a heavily designed performance i really loved it I, i thought it was so effective. I love the female vocals because it reminds mm. me of that lonesome foghorn that blows. Ooh, I like that. Which is what Pete says right before he finds Laura wrapped in plastic. I really like the performance. I'm not a fan of Nine Inch Nails or The Nine Inch Nails as maybe they're now called mm-hmm. in general, but I I like this song and I thought it fit. Like I like I had said just to reiterate real quick, it, it fit more with the themes mm-hmm. of the episode than any other song. And I also thought, you know, Twin Peaks is still a pretty small town, but this is a real yeah. this is a realistic <laughs> sign of the times that you would actually have bigger bands playing in smaller venues because of the death of the music industry and, you know, online bootlegging and so on Mm. and so forth that um, lots of bands that used to be really big and fill out stadiums now play smaller towns and just play inside larger size clubs. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work on patreon.com slash lost in the movies. Tomorrow, let's turn the clock back and discuss the New Mexico scenes that take place in the past, in the 40s and 50s, of uh, Twin Peaks, The Return. And we'll save the spirit world material for the day after that. See you tomorrow.